Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Watchman on the Wall in time. Radio Ministry. Good evening, good evening. I'm down here in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. I'm going to be preaching the word of God from this hometown where I was born. I'm sitting up here in a motel. Amen. Got my Bible open, praying, and asking the Lord to give me the wisdom to write to divide the word of truth. So glad to be with you in this hour and this time that we're living in, realizing that we are living absolutely, realistically, we're living in the last days. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. I'm going to preach it until I can't preach it no more because we only got a few more days. And that few more days may be a long time for you. We know God is true to his word, and he's going to send his son back to this earth because there's only one hope man can be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. Ain't no other name. Ain't no other church. Ain't no other deity. There's no other cults. There's no other religions. There's nothing that can take the place of Jesus Christ, and the world don't want to accept it. The demons and the devils don't want to accept it. The liars and the prostitutes don't want to accept it. There's only one way to heaven. You can't work your way. You can't be a different color. You can't be a, how you look, how pretty you are, how ugly you are, how poor you rich, rich or poor. You must be born again. Before we get into the word, I want you to bow your heads in prayer. And then after that, we're going to get on in and see what we can find out what's going on in our world today. Let's bow our heads. Eternal Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your goodness. We thank you for giving us another day to come before you, Lord, and study your word and preach your word and live your word and exalt your word and praise your word because you are the word. Word was made flesh and dwelt among men, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. We thank you for that, Lord. And as I go into this study, let your power, the Holy Ghost, come in and move like a mighty hammer and drive that lion devil back to the place where he belongs. And that's hell. We just thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for your blood. Most of all, your blood. No blood. If there was no blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there would be no salvation, period. I say that again. If there was no blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God's Son, God Himself, in the flesh, if God wouldn't have had a way to become flesh and be born of a virgin Mary, and when He came and was born of a virgin Mary, He had a blood system. I said He had a blood system. No human being, no human being can live without blood. You've got to have the blood to live a physical life. Jesus Christ was God Almighty in the flesh. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And God himself impregnated Mary's womb by the Holy Ghost and brought upon himself the flesh of the human race. Born without sin, born spotless, born perfect. He had a perfect, righteous, sinless blood system. That's what we want, that blood, because the soul is in the blood. If the soul is in the blood, and Jesus Christ 
shed his blood. He opened up a fountain, and that fountain was filled with blood. And if the sinner fall beneath the flow, uh, the sinner will lose all this guilty stain. So what I'm saying now, the main key, the main way, the unique way, the only way a man can ever live with God, see God, and talk to God, and love God, the only way that he can do it is through Jesus Christ. He must come to Jesus Christ. He must repent of his sins and turn from his wicked ways because the world is full of wickedness and men will not turn it. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm crying my heart out. I want to make an announcement. My brother won't be able to be with me today. He's on the working field. Amen. He better himself to get a, job, a better job, so I want you to pray for him. He'll be with me on, uh, I'll be with him on Saturday, and uh, he'll be with me on Sunday. Because while I'm on my little, little outing, amen, little, little short vacation, I'm not going to stop preaching the word of God. So what I want you to do is pray for us that we can continue on until the time that now shall be no more. So what we're going to talk about this evening, we're going to talk about is this actually, realistically, genuinely, the last days that we're living in? Are we really living in the last days? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Do you hear it? What's going on in the satanic world, in the world of darkness, in the world of rebellion, in the world of, 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 of rejecting Jesus Christ, there is nothing but confusion. And so what I want to do to this, this evening, I want to pinpoint and let you know exactly where we are, exactly down to the T, cross the T, dot the I, put the semicolon in there. I'm going to let you know exactly where we are. We are at the time of the close of the church age. And I want you to go to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel 725, 725, the book of Daniel, Daniel 2,600 years before, amen. Any of this, any of this stuff happened, Daniel prophesied, Daniel prophesied, Isaiah prophesied, Jeremiah prophesied, Hosea prophesied. These minor prophets and major prophets prophesied about the end time all through the Bible. These men were inspired by God. These men were righteous men. These men was not no quacks. They were genuinely baptized with the Holy Ghost. They spoke through the Word of God by the Spirit. And when they spoke, they spoke 2,600 years ahead of time. And when they spoke, they said, before, forward. You're going to forward all the way up to the close of 6,000 years. There is going to be a cataclysmic disaster that will hit this planet. And Daniel had this dream. Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. And when, and when he had this dream, he dreamed of a statue, a statue that symbolizes the beginning of the Gentile nations. 
the beginning of the Gentile nation started with Babylon. That was the first world empire before Nimrod tried to build a Babylon. That was in the 11th chapter. And God disturbed the world at that time. He caused different languages to come up on the face of the earth that they would discontinue of building the uh, Babylon towers. Instead of Trump towers, we got Babylon towers. And these towers he built towards heaven to try to reach into the zodiac, try to reach into the spiritual realm where certain Satan lurks in the first and second heaven. And Nimrod had a plan to reach into the zodiac and become a god. And, but that failed because God caused all the nations that was joining together to speak in different language, and they had to discontinue. They had to, dis, they had to discontinue the first Babylon. The second Babylon came after the Assyrian Empire, and the Assyrian Empire failed because they were rebellious against God. And when Nebuchadnezzar came, when Nebuchadnezzar came, he built the Babylonian Empire during the time of the ancient world. And by him building that tower and building Babylon, he thought he was God. And so by him thinking he was God, God said, now look, I'm going to let the Gentile nations deal all their teammates. And there has been seven, listen, seven Gentile nations upon the earth since the beginning of time. The first was the Egyptian Empire. The second was the Assyrian Empire. The third one was the Babylonian Empire. The fourth one was the Median Persian Empire. The fifth one was the Grecian Empire. And the next one was the Roman Empire. These empires came and they went. What did they leave for evidence that they still exist? They leave an evidence of still exist because these empires were built by wicked spirits, evil demons and devils and Nephilim. They were, they were built by demonic powers working through man to build these kingdoms because these kingdoms, every one of them was corrupt. Every one of them was low down. Every one of them was uh, a debauchery. There's only one nation that God used upon the face of the earth to represent his sovereign power. He used one nation, and that nation was Israel. And Israel disobeyed God, and they failed. And when they failed, they failed because of rebellion. But God is the only God in the heavens, in the universe, that used the Jews and called the Jews out of the world into another, what, another dimension, which is the spiritual realm of God himself, dealing with Israel to represent God's power. There were other gods on the earth, but they didn't have no power. They had power for corruption. This God that I'm talking about was to be represented by Israel. 
And Israel failed, but God loved Israel so much because King Israel, listen, because Israel, the Jewish people, is the reason that God used them is because through the Jewish people, the greatest man ever born. Ooh, Lord, how much. The greatest man ever born, Jesus Christ himself, God himself, came through Mary's womb, sanctified by the Holy Ghost, born of God. God became flesh, and he had to have a woman to bring forth Christ. And the reason why he used a woman is because it was man that brought sin into the world through the woman. The woman got Adam to eat the fruit of knowledge of the good and evil, and the whole human race failed. When the whole human race fell, what? Adam took up on the sin tree. He took up on the sin tree. In other words, his sperm was born. His sperm was born and shaped in iniquity when he failed. In other words, he became a sinner. He became a sinner. But Adam is the only man that carried the sin trait. So by him carrying the sin trait, it was impossible for him to have children born sinless. Every child, every baby that's born, born in sin and shaped in iniquity, did my mother conceive me. So there was no human being on the face of the planet that could birth a child without sin. The only one, the only one, the only one, the only one was Jesus Christ. And the reason Jesus Christ was born sinless because he was God. And God became flesh. And God used Eve's seed to enclose himself in a body that he could be born sinless that he could be born without fault, that he could be born into the world perfectly. Perfect. Perfect. Why? Because God is perfect. When Christ was born, he was born perfect. He was born sinless. He was born as a what? Sacrifice for sin. Because there was no other way God could bring man back to himself but through his son, Jesus Christ, which was capable enough of becoming a sin offering who knew no sin, but by him not knowing sin and what is like, he took your sin and my sin and nailed them to the cross. And when he nailed them to the cross, they gave the devil, the defeated foe, that gave God Almighty the victory because when Christ died and came back from the grave, he paid the penalty for the sinners, that includes me, you, your mama, your daddy, your sister, every man, every woman, every child that was ever born was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and they didn't have the power to die for themselves or die for somebody else. So somebody had to die that was perfect, that was, who had to be God. Now, I know you can't kill God, 
God is the spirit. Those that worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. But what God had to do, he had a predestinated plan before he even made man. He knew that if he made man and give him the free will to choose what he was going to do, he was going to fall. So he had that foreordained before the world began because Christ is pre-incarnated. He was self-existent one. Christ is God Almighty. God is Christ. And God became flesh. And what he did, he took the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about world religions. World religions. There's over 3,000 different kinds of world religions that's trying to attain a way to get back to God. And there is no religion on the face of this earth right now that's capable of being reconciled to God Almighty because it's demonic, it's devilish, it's come from hell, it comes from the pits of hell, it comes from Lucifer, it comes from the red dragon, it comes from the fallen angel, it comes from Lucifer, the fallen angel, every false religion that you see today, well, even denominations. Just because you in a denomination, that don't mean you say denomination is just the name of who, who, who you're supposed to be standing for. Because you are Baptist or Presbyterian, that is not going to get you to heaven because it's the name of denomination. It wasn't a Baptist that died for me. It wasn't a Presbyterian that died for me. It wasn't a Catholic that died for me. It wasn't no religion that died, suffered on Calvary's cross, came back from the grave with all power in the heaven and earth in his hand, and now he sits on the right-hand side of the Father, and he's coming back not to play pinochles, not to go down there and, and, and play bingo. He's coming back to judge the world. What? Satan, time is up. 6,000 years is done. 6,000 years is completely done, 2030. 2030 is 6,000 years Satan has had this planet, and he has made hell out of it. He has tore it ripped from top to bottom. He has messed up everything that he has in his mind. So the world is saying, what's going to happen to the world pretty soon? Well, it's coming to an end. All right? How do you know it's coming to an end? Every prophecy that was prophesied thousands of years ago, there's only seven more years of prophecy, practically seven more years of prophecy to be fulfilled. And that's seven years of prophecy will be fulfilled in the book of Revelation. The prophecy of Jesus Christ made a prophecy up on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. That's a prophecy. And that prophecy just about has been fulfilled. Why? Because we're in the last church age. What is the last church age? The last church age in the book of Revelation. It's called Laocidia. 
What condition is that church was in during the time that Jesus Christ prophesied about that church? Here's what, the, here's what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. I didn't say it. In the third chapter of Revelation. This is the book. Let's see what it says. I'm just going to read it plain, just like we read in the book. I'm not going to fix nothing up. Here it is. Third chapter. It says this, 14 verse, 3 and 14. This is the last church age. This is condition that the church is to be in the last day. Here it is. 13 and 14. 13. Third chapter, 14 verse. And until the angel of the church of Laodicea write these things, says Amen. The faithful and the true witnesses, the beginning of creation of God, Jesus Christ. I know by works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Jesus Christ said this. He said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to gurgitate you up. I'm going to vomit you up. Because lukewarm means half-hearted so-called religion. Lukewarm means that you said that you have had a relationship with Jesus Christ but you haven't had no relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a, a, a tongue to talk Christ. You have a tongue to have, go through the motions that Christ went through, but you have never had a genuine, born-again, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, not only jumping and shouting and running up and down the aisle. I'm talking about a change of life, a change of thought, a change of attitude. You're not walking by works. You're walking by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those that really seek him. So if you say you're saved and you're not walking by faith, living by faith, praying by faith, walking by faith, living everything that faith has to offer you, and that's a substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you ain't seen God, but you believe it with all your heart that what he did on Calvary's cross, he did it. And when you accept him, he changed your life and make you a new creature. So here, Jesus saying, y'all make me sick. I'm going to have to throw y'all up. This is, this is the last church age, and that's the church age we're living in now. And this church age is filled with all kinds of unbelievers. Unbelievers who are trying to be like Christ. They are mixing occult with trying to mix it with occult with uh, uh, Christianity. Christianity is separated from all other so-called religions because Christianity is not. This is what Christianity is not. It is not religion. Christianity, true Christianity, is a relationship. 
an intimacy with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, you actually have a empowered Christ living in you through the Holy Spirit. You're empowered by Christ. Christ comes into your life. When he comes into your life, he changes your life. You grow in grace. The years that you got saved, you got saved at 10, you got saved at 15, you got saved at 16, 20, 25 on up. When you come to Christ, you come as a baby in Christ, and you grow in Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, you are able to comprehend the Word of God. You go through trials and temptations to build your faith. God tries you through all those situations. As you grow and you grow, you become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You're maturing in the grace of God. But so many people get saved and they never grow. They stay stagnant. They stay, they have that, 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 that half-hearted religion. But here we see that in the Lego city, he said, you ain't hot and you ain't cold. You're a little warm. You're pretending. So what you're saying this church is, it's a hypocritical. Hypocrite. And the Bible said there's no hope to a hypocrite. There's no hope to a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody pretending. Somebody that has a, a, a form of godliness, but they don't have no power. And we're living in that day right now. The church is filled with hypocrites. I'm not God, but I'm telling you right now, if you say you're a saved individual, you ain't got no business hole hopping. You ain't got no business drinking. You ain't got no business lying. You ain't got no business wanting to go out and party all the time. You ain't got no business of committing adultery. Oh, yes, we have, because if you look at a woman and lust after her, you commit adultery already in your heart. But when you practice these things and you do these things and don't have no remorse, don't have no repentance, you just keep on saying, Lord, going to forgive me. Lord, going to forgive me. And don't have no kind of conviction. Something is wrong because the Holy Spirit will not allow you to live loose and you call yourself filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the devil got, whoo, the devil got a spirit to try to imitate the Holy Ghost. And it ain't going to work. So this last day church, what is it, what, what this last day church looks like? What is what is what, what is going to look like when it comes to the the focal point in the book of Revelation, in the 17th chapter, it says in that in that 17th chapter there, it says this. This this is this is that the church what it's going to end up at. Listen, listen what this church is going to end up at. I tell you, this church is not going to end up in heaven. This is what it says. 17th chapter, John sees this church as it begins to it begin to form. It formed in 1948. The WCC, that's the World Council of Churches. It formed through the, uh, the Catholic Church, called Catholic, called the Catholic Church, it means universal. So Satan got his church. Listen, Satan got his church, and God got his. And God knows them that know him. It's good for you to say you know God, but do God know you? And so this church here is going to go into the tribulation period, which now called the modern-day terminology of that is called the World Council of Churches, which right now is the world church, which means right now Satan is putting this church in a position to 
have a form of godliness, but they ain't got no power, and they're going to form at the close of the church age, and then go into the book of Revelation, we see the whole manifestation of what this church is going to end up to be. This is what this church is going to end up to be, the false church, not the true church. You can't be true and false at the same time. Either you're truly saved or you're falsely lost. And you're falsely lost trying to be saved by what? Most people say good works. Good works ain't going to save you. You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The gift of God, salvation, is a free gift. You're going to have to want this. And if you want this, God will give it to you, but you've got to repent. You've got to be willing enough to turn from sin. And if you don't turn from sin, you haven't repented. If you're not sorry for your sins, you haven't repented. And so the world today is calling you can do stuff and get, and get forgiveness and go away and do stuff and go and do it and do it. Oh, no, that ain't repentance. That's hypocritical. You're trying to serve two masters because you can't serve God and man. So what the church that we see, Laodicea, going to look like at its full blossom? Listen to what it said. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows, and talk with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment. Now listen, this is, this is breaking it down now. The judgment of the great whore, the great whore, not just a whore, but a great whore, that sitteth up on many waters, many waters, the waters, the many waters represent nations, kingdoms, tongues, languages, this great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings, the high class of the earth have committed fornication. Both, both sides, two sides. There's a spiritual fornication and a physical fornication. Fornication means to have an intimacy relationship with a woman. Spiritual means you have relationship with spirits. And these spirits, you inform your spirit with that spirit, and you take part of Christianity and part of a cult and try to mix it. That's spiritual fornication. Now, this is what this woman is doing. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and in the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk. Ooh, man, what they made made drunk? With sin, what is sin? Sin, anything that you know to be good and does not is a sin. You break any one of the commandments, ten commandments, it's sin. Anything you do without faith is sin. If you know to do good and don't do it not, it's sin. If you do things that's against the word of God, it's sin. God hates sin. And sin is these things. Let's see what sin does to you. Here's what, here's what it does. Go to Romans. Go to Romans, the book of Romans. We're going to come back to Revelation. Amen. So we're going to go to Romans. I'm going to show you what sin does, what it is. It says this. Here's what, you've been, here's what, here's what sin has been filled with. Romans 1.20. 
Here it is. Here's what sin is. This, 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 this is what God said. Oh, my God. Let's start the 26th verse. Rome. Romans 1 and 26. For this call, God gave them unto vow affection. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. All right, women with women. That's lesbianism. That's sin. That's abomination. I ain't. I ain't. I'm not condemning the person. I'm condemning the sin that's in the person because God hates sin. And by God hating sin, I hate sin. Why? Because the nature of God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, hates sin. And the, the Spirit of God hates sin. And the Spirit of God is in you. Then you hate that you do that you don't want to do. Paul gives us a picture of that. When I wanted to do good, he was present with me. This is what he says. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn. In their lust, one towards another. In other words, they're punking each other. They're punking each other. They're gay. They're punks. That's what that is. And the world is accepting it. The world don't think nothing. Else. But God said, I hate it. This is what he said. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense and the earth would meet. And even they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Woo! Look up here. This year homosexual can get so bad that people don't even want to retain God back into their knowledge. They don't want to hear. They have been given over to a ruptured faith mind. This is what it says. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled, here's what they feel with, here's what the world is filled with, here's what some church folks are filled with. They feel with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malicious, full of envy, murder, karma, debate, karma. Deceit, karma, malignity, karma, whispers, karma, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, karma, proud, karma, boasters, karma, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, karma, without understanding, karma, covenant breakers, karma, without natural affection, karma, impassable, karma, unmerciful, karma, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit these things are worthy of death, you're going to hell. You're going to hell, H-E-L. They're worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. There's people standing on the sideline saying, yeah, go do it, do it, do it, but they don't do it. But they're guilty of the same sin that they are doing all those they are not guilty, but they are compromising with that. This church that I'm getting ready to break down in Revelation says this. It says, the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk, drunk with sin, drunk with homosexual, drunk with lying, backbiting, covetousness, drunk with all kinds of gross sin, sex organs, all kinds of 
all sick, all kinds of low-down, dirty, rotten stuff that they see and lick their lips. This year's church that I'm talking about right now is doing it today, and they are joining together for the One World Church, and the One World Church is described in the 17th chapter of Revelation. Let's finish and see what happens. He said, so he carried me away in the spirit until the wilderness. That's where the church is at, wilderness. Sin is a wilderness. Sin is damnable. Sin is damnation. Sin is lost. Sin is lake of fire. Sin is punishment. Sin. That's what happens to people when they love sin and do sin and live for sin and don't have no, no, no remorse of the sins that they're doing. And I, he said, and I saw a woman sit up on a scarlet beast, a red beast, full of name of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. We're living in the last days. What are the seven heads? The seven heads is the seven world empires. Seven world empires. They exist today, but they don't exist as they did in the ancient times. They exist with these ancient spirits that still carrying that same spirit they carried at the beginning and there has been seven kings that come on the ride, and they fail, but these spirits are still in operation because they're trying to rebuild and reconstruct the Roman Empire, and they're going to do it, but it ain't going to work because this is what happened. He said, shall he carry me in the spirit into the wilderness? And I saw a woman sit up on a scarlet beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads, the seven world empires, and ten horns, Ten horns represent, this is what I'm saying now, ten horns represent NATO. The ten horns represent what? NATO. What is NATO? North Atlantic Treaty Organization. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The ten horns represent the ten world powers that's now in Almost full blossom. Almost. The ten horns represent the ten European common market nations. What are the ten European common market? And when did they get started? And when was the last one brought in? Listen. It got started in 1948. Listen to what I'm saying. This is, this is prophecy. And this beast will have control of NATO. He will, have con- he will have control of the woman on the scarlet beast. And she's getting ready to ride. You know why? Because now the Roman Catholic Church have made petitions to bring all world religions together under one umbrella and call it the World Council of Churches. All churches. All denominations, all the cults, all Back where religions are wanting to join together, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to join because it does not require salvation. It requires good works. It requires money. It requires how smart you are. It sometimes requires good stuff. It requires nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with position and how good I am and I can do anything I want to, and there's no repentance in this church. This church don't believe in repentance. It don't believe in water baptism. It don't believe in baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
No, they may act like it, but they don't know nothing about the blood of Jesus Christ. They don't know nothing about the cross and the suffering that Christ died on Calvary's cross. They don't even believe it. They don't even lift the name of Jesus Christ up. And Jesus Christ has said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men into me. And these folks are not being drawn to God because they're not lifting him up. They're lifting themselves up. Listen to what I'm saying now. NATO, these ten horns and these seven, this is what it says. Let's go back. Let's go back. He said, have seven heads. The heads are the seven world empires. The Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, and the revived Roman Empire, which would be one of the wonder eighth of the world because Rome is being revived back and trying to reconstruct the one world government. And the one world government now is almost in its place because now we're in the place where these ten, what? What did it say? Ten horns. Horns represent power. Now I'm going to name you the ten horns that came into existence in the year 1948. They came into existence from 1948 to 1986. They have been fulfilled. Now, I'm going to show you right now. The ten horns, which represent power. In 1948, three horns were formed. I was four years old. I didn't know nothing about this. Number one, Denmark, 48. Great Britain, 48. Ireland, 48. That's the first three. And the first three is the, is, is the first three that was formed in the book of Revelation. It talks about the ten horns. I ain't through yet. I ain't through. All right. These three came on. When they came on, three more came on. What year? 1952. 1952, Netherlands came. 1952, Belgium came. 1952, Luxembourg came. That's six. Six horns. When they came on the scene, the last one came on the scene, that made it six, was 1952. Okay. That's six. All right. In 1973, West Germany came in. In 1973, France came in. In 1973, Italy came in. That makes nine. From 1973 to 1981, the last one came in was Greece. When Greece came in, that was the tenth horn, spoken by Daniel Prophet and spoken by John the Revelator, making it the NATO world power, making it the one world government forming to captivate the rest of the world when it comes to 
the zenith of taking control of the world. So you got ten horns. Not only did Daniel talk about the ten horns, he talked about the ten toes. The ten toes is the same as the ten horns. The ten horns represent power. The ten toes represent last day. The last part of the human body is the toes. When a baby is born, the baby come out of the mother's womb head first. If they come out feet first, it's called a breech baby. The feet never come out first. The last part of the human body is the feet. The feet is the only part of the human body that hits the earth. So the ten toes represent last day. Ain't nothing after the toes. And the toes are standing barefoot up on the earth, mixing in with what? The mire of the clay. And the mire of the clay represents the human insanity of the sins of the flesh. And now we're living in the tenth toe, which was the last one, Greece. And all these ten toes is seen with the woman riding up on the scarlet beast. We see the ten toes, then he says the ten kingdoms. The ten kings represent ten kingdoms. The ten crowns represent authority. Ten toes, which I said, represent the last day. Oh, my God. Woo, you can hear me. I'm sorry. We're talking about the last toes, the last statue that Daniel saw. He gave us a picture of the last days. The last days represent the ten toes. In the book of Revelation, we see the ten horns. We see the ten kings. We see the ten, uh, 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 we see the seven heads and the ten horns. Stay right there where the ten, the ten heads, I'll repeat that. The ten heads are the ten are seven seven heads are the seven world empires that that past present and they've been revived through the same spirits that revived that that was control of the last seven. So now we got the ten horns, which is NATO, the European common market. That's what the ten toes, the ten horns, the ten kings represent. Modern day government powers and the woman was arrayed she was dressed in purple and scarlet color decked with gold precious stone and pearls having a gold cup in her hand full of what the cup was full of abomination full of sin debauchery filled with all kinds of child pornography, filled with all kinds of child prostitution, child sacrifice, filled with incest and homosexuality and lesbianism and incest and sodomite, filled with abortion babies, filled with all kinds 
of secret societies that propagate this year world government of corruption. This year woman is under control of what? Luciferians, Satanists, Jesuits, Skull of the Bone, Knight Templars. The world is filled with gross sin. This woman is taking this on, and she's got a pretty golden cup in her hand. But what's inside the cup is slop. What's slop? Slop is sin. Well, what's sin? Adultery is slop. Homosexual is slop. Come on, y'all. Lying is slop. And the woman got this in the cup. And she's carrying this cup. And the world is drinking this and from this cup. These false religions, religion, religion is going to bust hell wide open. Religion. No Christ, but just religion. No blood, no resurrection. Religion. Like I said, it's going to bust hell wide open because without the shedding the blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, God Almighty in the flesh, came back from the grave with all power in the heaven and earth, and what? He paid the penalty for sin. He's the only man that paid the penalty for sin. Nobody else could pay for it. And now he is telling the world, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And this woman is carrying this cup, and she's drinking it, and the world is drinking it, and church folks are drinking it, and the whole world is drinking it. How in the world can you distinguish the true church from the false church? Here we go. Listen to what this says. Here is the true church. Listen to what the true church says. Look what the true church is doing. Good God Almighty. Here's the true church. Let's go to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts. Let's see the second chapter will give us the true church. The church that Jesus Christ has purchased with his what? Own blood. Second Woo, Lord, I'm going to show you the true church now. Here's the true church. Right here in your Bible. Don't be going looking to nobody. Don't be going to ask nobody. Look in your Bible. In the second book of Acts, here is the true church. This is the birth of the true church. This is the birth of the church of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and there is no denomination in this. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen what this church does. And then look at this other church in the book of Revelation, what it does. This is distinguished. He says here, And when the day of Pentecost, the Jewish festival is not a church. Pentecost means 50th day, a day of jubilee. Was fully come. They all were in what? One accord. In one place. And suddenly they came a sound from heaven. You see what it is? It's coming from heaven. A sound came from heaven. There's a sound coming from hell. And the sound is the result of the woman riding on the scarlet beast. Iniquity comes from hell. And it said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house 
where they were what? They were sitting. And there appeared into them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each one of them. In other words, the Holy Ghost set up on each one of them like a cloven fire. In other words, a split firebrand. This is what it says. This is what they're doing. It said, and they all were filled with what? Holy Ghost. It's holy. You can't see it, but it's got power. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them a... Why did they speak in other tongues? Why at that time did they so many people spoke in tongues? Well, if you know anything about Jewish history, the Jews had been scattered all over the world since 606 B.C. until this period on the day of Pentecost. And by them being spread all over the world, the Jewish nation has picked up different languages, different languages, different languages, dialect. They have picked up Gentile language. Instead of their own language, they spoke in Gentile language. And they all came from all parts of the world. And these men of Galilee had never been out of Galilee. And since they had been out of Galilee, they didn't have time to go to school and learn languages. But listen what's happened. Other tongues as what? The Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit came into the spirit soul and the spirit mind and the spirit entity. The Holy Ghost came to him and the Holy Ghost spit out different languages from each and every one of them. And these people that had came from all parts of the world, these Jews had come from all parts of the world, they heard them speak in their languages. And they couldn't understand because these people had never known the languages. And by them not knowing the language, they didn't have time to go to school and come back on the day of Pentecost and tell them what they were saying. But the Holy Ghost, God's power, spoke to them through the Holy Ghost, and they spoke in other tongues to fulfill that was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I pour out my spirit, and God pulled out his spirit on the day of Pentecost, and they thought these men were drunk. And they was not drunk. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they understood what they were saying. And then they said, what must we do in order to be, be saved? And in Acts 2.38, it says, this is what they said. 2.38 says, this is where people get a lot of confusion. He said, 2.38 says, Peter said unto them, repent. No, well, no, let's go back to 37. Here's what happened. Here's what happened after they had heard them speak in tongues. He said, now, when they had heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, men and brethren, what shall we do? What we got to do now? Peter said unto them, repent. He didn't say go to church. He didn't say speak in tongues. And then they shout. 
It didn't say none of that. It said repent. Turn from your sin and be baptized. Ye every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why did Peter tell them? Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, here's the answer. The Jews only believe in one God. And they didn't believe that Jesus Christ was God. And by them not believing in that there was one God, Peter said be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which is God's name which is God in the flesh. They, Peter said, if you go down in his name and repent of your sins and go down in his name in water baptism, you're making a, a badge identity with the bird death, death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you're saying in your spirit that he is God Almighty and his name is Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved if you repent. Now, Jesus goes along and says in the 28th chapter of Matthew, go ye into all the world and be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And you got a, you got a religion that says if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. Well, that's a lie because the man on the cross died and went to paradise without being baptized. The baptism does not save you. Going down his name of Jesus Christ does not save you. It's the condition of your heart that you will repent and believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again and that he is the Son of God, God in the flesh, and he died for your sin, that through his buried death and resurrection you can be saved. Come on with it now, because during the tribulation period, you ain't going to have time to be baptized. The only thing you're going to have time for is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died and you want him to come into your life and when he comes into your life, you will can say, have a change in your life and do what? Be what God has called you to be. And do what God has called you to be. And the world today is saying that if you're going to go down in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. That is a lie. You're not going to hell. You're going to hell because you reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, and you think you can get to heaven off of good works, off of your mama, off of your daddy, off of your, off of your education. You can't get to heaven off of that. No, you've got to turn from your wickedness. And the most wickedest thing in the world that you can do is what? Spit at the cross. When you reject the cross, you're spitting at it. When you reject the cross, you you deny the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you're telling God, I'll die right now and go to hell uh, uh, because I don't believe in that change of life. And you, if, you have ne- if you have never had a change of life in Christ, most likely you ain't saved. Because the Bible says you know you pass from death to life. You know you pass from death to life. You know you pass from death to life because you love the brethren. I know I've been born again. I know I've been saved. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ and that I love my brothers. I love everybody in the whole world. Is that possible? Yes, it is. 
Because when you get to heaven, they tell me there's going to be a multitude of people from all four corners of the earth, and the only reason that they are there is because they have experienced the love of Jesus Christ in their heart, and they love everybody, and they're not going to be nitpicking and picking at the color of the skin and picking at how tall they are. God said, I don't have no respect for person. Whoever come in my name, let him come. All right, let's get back to this woman. This world church. This world church. This world church. It's found in the book of Revelation. Found in the book of Revelation. And since it's found in the book of Revelation, we will tell the world this. We will tell the world this. We will tell the world this, that Jesus Christ is the only way for a man to come to God. Here's the woman. This is what it said. And the woman was arrayed in purple, scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stone and pearls, and having gold cup in a hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And up on her forehead was a name, the mystery of Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth. This false church exists now. This false church started in existence of 1948, and now we're at the peak where the Roman Catholic Pope is telling the world, we are going to bring all world religions together under one umbrella, and we are going to tell the world that we are the true church, and we are going to have our own rules and regulation and our own, own Catholicism, and we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to fall down and worship the Antichrist, and we're going to receive marks on our hand. We're going to see marks on our forehead to identify ourselves with Lucifer and identify ourselves with, with the devil. Because the devil says, I got my church, and Jesus Christ said, I got mine. And he already told Satan, up on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's the truth. How long before the true church will be removed? Now, we, we know. We know what the true church in, in the day of Pentecost. After the true church is taken to heaven, where is it found in the Bible where the true church will be when Christ comes back? Let's go, let's go to the 19th chapter of Revelation. And we'll show you the true church. We're going to show you in Acts already. Now we're going to show you in Revelation 19 and 11. This is the true church. Remember, there's two phases of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first phase is the rapture. The rapture is the born-again believers will be removed from the earth. After they be removed from the earth, we are going to head for the judgment seat of Christ. The church will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, and it will take seven years to do that. After the church is judged for the works that they have done here, in other words, you're not going to be judged for condemnation. You're not going to be judged to go to hell. 
Why? Because you're already saved. You're sanctified. You're, you're sealed with the Spirit until the day of redemption. Your salvation is secure. You can't be lost and found and lost and found and lost and found. If you're saved, you're saved. If you're saved and you're having problems with the flesh, then you need to fast and pray. You need to seek the God of your, of, of your soul. You need to seek the more deeper into the word of God so that you can become more powerful and more willing to work in the field because the harvest is right but the labors are few. So what we're telling you now, we are going to tell you once you get saved, once you get saved, you cannot be unsaved. Ain't no such monster. If you say you ought to know you're saved. You ought to know you don't have a change in your life. And that change can only come by Jesus Christ. It's not reformation. It's transformation. It's transformation. You're transformed from a world of darkness into the world of light. And that light is Jesus Christ. Listen, 19 and 11 says, 19 and 11 chapter, here is the second coming of Jesus Christ. The rapture church is the first phase of the second coming of Jesus Christ. When Christ comes back to get the church, his feet will not touch the earth. They will be in glory. We will meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're going to meet the Lord in the air, and while we're in the air, we're going to be judged seven years. After the seven years, Christ is going to what? come back to the earth, and he comes back with the glorious church, glorified bodies, glorified gowns, glorified shoes, riding a white horse. We're going to ride from heaven all the way down to earth, and we're going to fight a battle called the Battle of Armageddon at the close of what? The tribulation period. So the church will not, cannot, absolutely not go through the seven years. It ain't going. They'll never make it. Why? Because the church has already had 2,000 years of suffering for the cause of Christ. People gave their lives up, burned at the stake, stripped of all they had. They had. They've been cut up in pieces and thrown in the fire. They have did everything to disgust and make the Christian race, make the Christian faith look like it's a toy, but it's not no toy. It's the real deal. It's what Christ can do within a man or a woman to give them boldness to stand up against sin, death, hell, and the grave. And now we see Jesus Christ in the 19th chapter of Revelation. Look how he's looking now. Look at him now. He said, and I saw heaven open. So what you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about heaven going to open wide from the east to the west. Heaven open. Behold, what? A white horse. Now, we see a white horse in Revelation 6 chapter, but that's the Antichrist. But here comes the real deal, real deal white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful, capital F, and True, capital T. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. His eyes was flame of fire, good God Almighty, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name 
It's called the Word of God, Jesus Christ, God Almighty in the flesh. Word made flesh, seen among men, justified by the Spirit, received up in the glory. This is what it says. And the armies, the armies, let me see. That refers to the church because we are in an army. We're in an army because Apostle Paul said endure hardness as a good soldier. We're in an army now. And when Christ comes back, we're going to come back as an army. He's going to have a host of troops, sanctified troops, born-again believers. Ain't going to be no church membership. Ain't going to be no denomination. Ain't going to be none of that crap around nowhere. It's going to be blood-washed saints ready to what? Judge the world. Don't you know the saints of God going to judge the world? The armies which were in heaven followed him. We're going to be behind Christ, coming back with him. Up on what? White horses. So every saint going to have a white horse clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it, he should smite the nation, every rebellious nation, every nation that rebels against God. And there's going to be a large host of armies. There's going to be soldiers. There's going to be men of war that's going to meet Christ in Jerusalem at a place called Armageddon. Armageddon is a battle where the nations and the armies of the world all over the world will form a great multitude of men. And when Christ comes from the glory of heaven, he's going to come with the saints and guess what he's going to do? This is what he's going to do. Listen. And the armies which were with you, and, and, and the church, I, 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 I ain't going to change it, but I'm going to say this. And the, and the church which was in heaven, followed him up on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of his fierce wrath of the Almighty God is angry now. Christ is angry now. And he is going to smite the armies of the earth, he's going to cut them down with the sharp beard of his mouth. He's going to prove himself that he is God and nobody else. And the armies and the saints of God, which is the church of the living God, will be the one that bring execute and judgment up on the wicked, abomination, filthy planet, wicked men who try to defy God and deny God and deny the ultimate sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, once and for all, and there ain't going to be nobody be able to say, I don't know, I didn't hear. Yes, you did. This is what it said. And he had on his vessel, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He will rule. There was a famous general, 1945, August the 6th, after the United States had bombed Nagasaki and Hiroshima, blew up people and melted the 
flesh off their bodies. It was one of the awesome bombs that ever dropped on the human race. And General MacArthur stood out there on the USS ship Missouri in Tokyo Bay and made a dynamic speech. In the last seven or eight words, he said this, If we don't find a more equitable way to settle our difference, we are going to be at the doorstep of Armageddon. And Brother General W. MacArthur was right on the time. Because right now, the armies of the world is gathering against Jerusalem right now. They are fighting over Jerusalem, trying to regain the land from the Jewish people. And they're going to be fighting until Jesus Christ comes back. They're going to be fighting because there's a ring of fire right now of Palestinians and, and all kinds of, 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 of uh, 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 armies that's trying to get rid of the Jewish people. And God said, keep your hands off of my people. You touch them, you touch the apple of mine eye. And now we're in a contradictory attitude that God is through with the Jew. He's not through with the Jew because he got to use the Jew in the last seven years of ministering to the world. Good God Almighty, he's coming back, church. And the first, the last thing, just before he comes back, it's going to happen, and it's happening now. Here it is. Number one, the Jew are determined, absolutely, I could say dogmatically, said we got to have a temple. And guess what? The Jews are preparing to rebuild a third. This is, the, this, this, this is so close now, it's, it's pathetic. We got to have a temple to build because we are going to go back to the old judicial law of sacrificing of animals. And God said, I'm through with animals. I used animals for 3,000 years, and that only covers sin. I need another powerful way to save man forever. And that was through the blood of Christ. That's why Christ said there is no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you think you're going to heaven without Christ, you think you're heaven because you belong to a church, you are wrong. You are dead wrong. You've got to come to Christ. You've got to come to Christ now. But the next thing the Jews are planning to do is reconstruct the third temple. Why? Because Apostle Paul said, when the man of sin comes, this is what he's going to do in the temple. Woo! This is what Apostle Paul said. Apostle Paul said, this man of sin, this wicked one, the son of Satan, this is what he's going to do when he comes on the scene. Second Thessalonians, second chapter. Third verse says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away. Falling away from what? Falling away from Christianity, 
Christ's life, Christ in power, Christ's love, Christ's joy. Fall away from the Christian faith. There's only one faith. There ain't one faith. Did you know that? Oh, come on. We know better than that. Let's see what the Bible says, how many faiths are there. Let's see what we can find in God's word. It says this. In Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This here, that's one. Ain't no, ain't no, I'm Baptist faith. Ain't, ain't, I'm Presbyterian faith. Hey, come on, you ain't, that ain't, that ain't even, that ain't scripture. All right, you want some more? Look, 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 look. let's go to Hebrews. Let's work with Hebrews a little bit. Woo-wee. We're talking about this faith that people, all right, listen to this. Hebrews 12, wherefore sin we also are compassed about with so many great of a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, looking what? Looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised in the same, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's your faith. There it is. There it is. There it is. Don't, 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 don't fuss with God. No faith, no salvation. You must believe that he is and that he is rewarded for those that generally seek him. Revelation says when he comes, he's coming with the saints. So to break it down for you, there is no such thing as the church going through the tribulation period. The reason the tribulation period has to happen, this is, this is the reason now. The reason is God promised Israel that he will deal with them for 490 years because the seventh week of Daniel the prophet. I'm going to deal with Israel. Nobody can stop me because he said, God said, I'm God all by myself. Nobody will have to tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and what to say, what not to say. I'm God. I'm going to let Israel know I'm going to keep my promise. God said, I have dealt with them for 483 years, from 440 B.C. all the way up until the death of the cross. When Christ died, the Jewish nation was cut off. They were cut off from the olive tree, and the Gentile was grafted in. So that means he only dealt with them 483 years, and God said, I owe them 490 years. And when I get through with the world, they're going to know 
that my promises is sure. I'm going to deal with Israel for 490 years because I'm going to deal with them the last seven years of the tribulation period. They will be coming back, and they will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for seven years. To who? To the 144,000 and through Moses and Elijah. They're going to tear the world up. They're going to turn it upside down. The devil's going to get mad as hell. He's going to try to stop from people getting saved during the tribulation period, but there's going to be a great multitude that accept Jesus Christ after the rapture of the church because Israel and the church will be not be doing the same ministry at the same time on the earth during the tribulation period. So the church got to go, got to go, got to get up out of here. And then when it comes, it's going to be like what? A twinkling of an eye. A twinkling of an eye. In a moment of a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise, and now we're living in an era right now where Christ, I guarantee you, could come this year, this year, this year. What year? In the fall months. How is that? Jewish got seven feast day called the Feast of the Lord, and the Lord is on time on every feast of the Lord every year for the last 2,600 years until Israel had to restore it during the time of 1948, and that is the Feast of the Lord. What are the seven feasts? The seven feasts is the Feast of the Passover, the Crucifixion, the Feast of Unnumbered Bread, the Death of Christ, the Feast of First fruit, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the first fruit uh, of the feast of Pentecost. That four feasts that have been uniquely, accurately happened right on time. There is three more. That has not been fulfilled, and we have went over this for the last 2,000 years because the Jews keep up with their feast days. It's God's calendar. God's timepiece is the Jewish people. The Jewish people is the apple of his eye. The Jewish people he loved dearly. The Jewish people is his first love. The Jewish people, by their remnant that came through, God said, look, I'm going to bring a remnant through. Two-thirds will be cut off, and a third will make it in. But let me tell you something. It's going to be hell on earth when the rapture of the church is removed and the Jews come on the scene because they're going to be a turbine. Man, you talking about turning, you talking about turning up something? They're going to preach that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom and to rule and reign. And Moses and Elijah are going to be preaching continually for the last three and one half years. And the church will be watching from heaven, and we will be rejoicing because, let me tell you, that's why I'm preaching so hard. I'm preaching to let you know that after the rapture of the church, if you don't get caught in the rapture, that means I'm trying to tell you don't bow down to nothing but the God of heaven. Don't bow down to no statue. Don't bow down to the image of the beast. Don't bow down to your mama. Don't bow down to your pastor. Don't bow down to nobody but Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the Father but by me. If you come to me, I'll give you life. If you come to me, you can escape. You can escape this hell that's getting ready to come on earth. 
this woman that's riding this scarlet beast, the false, lying, backbiting, hypocritical church. You got all kinds. You got snakes in the church. You got bugs in the church. You got cockroaches in the church. You got flies in the church. You got all these folks that claim that they are saved and sanctified and holiness and live like the devil behind closed doors. You ain't fooling nobody. Come on, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You got to let them go. You got to let them go because hell is too hot for anybody to go to. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go to hell. Hell is too long, too hot, and it would be worthless. It's going to be worthless for you to miss heaven. Because if you miss heaven, you ain't going to be worth nothing. Jesus Christ can only make you worth something, and that is a child of God. A child of God that's able to do what God calls him to do. He called me to preach the gospel and to win souls. He called me to tell the world. In these last 58 years, I've been pounding the word of God. I don't care where I go. If I'm on the street, if I'm if I'm in the church, because a lot of churches don't want to accept me because I preach the revelation, I'm going to preach it. You can hang me upside down. I'm still going to preach it. You can call me a revelation nut or a quack, or you can call me whatever you want, but I'm going to preach that book. I'm going to preach from Genesis to Revelation. Why don't you come to Christ? Can't you see the world is crumbling? Don't you know church service will be over after a while? After the rapture of the church, there ain't going to be no churches. There ain't going to be no church on earth after the rapture. The only church that they're going to have is when the 144,000, and the Bible is plain as day, he gives you the name. He gives you the name of the tribes that will be partaking in the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. The seventh chapter of Revelation gives you the picture. It says this. In the book of the seventh chapter of what? Revelation, third verse, and saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed 144,000 of the tribe of the children of Israel, and the tribe of Judah, 12,000, tribe of Reuben, 12,000, the tribe of Gad, 12,000, Asher, 12,000, Nephilim, 12,000, Manasseh, 12,000, Simeon, 12,000, Levi, 12,000, Issachar, 12,000, Zebulun, 12,000, Joseph, still 12,000, Benjamin, 12,000. These are 144,000 that will start in Jerusalem, just like the church was started by the Jews in Jerusalem until they were cut off and God engrafted the Gentiles. So now the church has been removed. God regrafted Israel back into the olive tree, and now the Jews are going to have their last opportunity to do what they were supposed to do in the beginning. And God said, now preach. Issachar, preach. Dan, preach. Joseph, preach. 
144,000. How long? 1,260 days. 42 months. Time, times, and time and a half. Televised, Internet, tweeters, NBC, ABC, every, 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 every station will be reporting what's going on in Jerusalem. They're going to spread all over the world. And the people are going to hear this. And John said after they got through preaching the whole three and one half years, after they had got through expounding that the Messiah that they rejected for 2,000 years, this is the one that's coming now to set up the millennial kingdom, and the only time he can set it up is after the close of the last part of the tribulation. And they tell me that after they have preached 1,260 days, John said, I saw a number. And these are not church people. These are tribulation saints. I saw a number that no man could number. From where? From the four corners of the whole world, 25,000 in circumference with a population of 7.8 billion and by being 7.8 billion, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And the Bible said, and all the world wondered after the beast. So majority of the world population will go to hell, not because God put them in hell, but because they rejected His love, His mercy, His suffering, His death, His resurrection. They rejected what He done. They rejected who He was. They rejected what He said. And so now they got to pay for the penalty for their sins by receiving what? The mark of the beast. And he said, now, who are these and where since they come? He said, these are they that came through great trials and tribulation. These are the ones that came through the tribulation. These are the ones that gave up their life for the cause of Christ. And during that time, when they get through suffering, when the 144,000 will get through with their mission, guess what God's going to do? I got two more dynamites to send out. I got Moses. Come on. Come on, Moses. I got Elijah. Oh, firebrand. I'm going to put them right at the foot of the mosque where the temple was. I'm going to let them measure the temple to get the temple rebuilt. I'm going to let them boys stay right there and preach that gospel. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December for three and one half years on Internet, TV, all the modern society of technology of communication, state of the art, it's going to be horrific. It's going to be dynamite. It's going to be so wonderful to see how God is going to give the world the last message. I'm going to show how God is concerned about the souls of man.
He done sent the prophets. He done sent the church. He done sent Israel. He done sent 144,000. He done sent Moses and Elijah. And now, his last call, he's going to send three angels around the world. And you say, well, preacher, where are these three angels? Revelation. You are there in the 15th chapter. And he says this, and I looked and behold, in the temple, the tabernacle, the testimony of heaven was open, and seven angels came out. When these angels came out, they went out and they preached. The gospel. And when they preached the gospel, They said, whoa, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth. It tells them, don't receive the mark of the beast. They flew around the world. A lot of people say, that sounds crazy. No, it ain't. God is stretching out his loving hand for mankind. Stretch it beyond the limitation of any so-called deity can do. And he warns the world before he closes the door. And the world, majority of the world, rejects it. God's going to save some. But all will not be saved. Not that God is hindering them from not being saved, but because they have been so hardened, hardened with sin of Lucifer and sin of the devil that they refuse to turn from their wicked ways and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So how much time we got? We got August, September, and October. Now, this is the last three feast days. The last feast days is called Feast of Rosh Hashanah or Feast of Trumpets. It is the Feast of Yom Kippur, and there's the Feast of Tabernacle. These three feasts is yet to be fulfilled. They have not been fulfilled, but they've been striving to be fulfilled over a period of 2,600 years. And the only ones that have been fulfilled is the first four. The first four is in April and May. That's springtime. And after four months, you come up with fall months, September, October. And these three is yet to be fulfilled. When will they be fulfilled? 
It may be this year, but I'm saying this. 99.9. It will be this year that the Feast of Trumpets will be fulfilled. I believe the Feast of Yom Kippur will be fulfilled when Jesus split the sky. I believe Feast of Tabernacles will be fulfilled when Christ lands his foot on the top of Mount of Olives and tell the Jews You are my people. I'm going to reveal myself to you. This is real, my friends. I am not playing with your soul. I'm not playing with your 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 uh, expectation. I'm I'm, got, I'm I'm trying to get get it across to those that would listen. You don't have no time left. I didn't say I didn't say go out here and stop. Working, I didn't say go out here and go on top of a mountain and put your white robe on and wait for the sky. Uh-uh. I'm saying occupy till I come, but make sure your soul is well with the Lord God Almighty. And the only way it can be well with the Lord God Almighty is through and only through His Son Jesus Christ. Good people, if you want to call that. People who have good morals are going to miss heaven. People who are not sinful. I mean, they sin, but they're not sinful people. They, they try to not do certain things. They're in jeopardy of hell because you can't, you can't go to heaven off of your goodness. You can't do it. You can't go to heaven off of your righteousness because your righteousness are filthy, dirty rags. The only way you can go to heaven is off the righteousness of Jesus Christ through his ultimate suffering, his death, and his, his mutilated, and he, they, 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 they made him out of a piece of hamburger. They lied on him. They embarrassed him. They spat upon him. They kicked him. They pulled the beard out of his, out of his beard and put a crown of thorns on his head. They mauled him. They mauled him. They mauled him so bad that any human being would look at his face, they would run. They couldn't even bear to look at what Jesus looked like because of our low down, my low down, rotten, craven sin that I have done against the Almighty. Woo! I thank you, Jesus, for giving me, for forgiving me and sanctifying my soul that I can be what you call me to be in these last and evil days. This is the hour that we're looking at. What I want to read to you, as I get ready to close, I've got about 20 minutes. Here's Apostle Paul says, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin, the Antichrist, that's the Antichrist now, talking about the man of sin. Now, if Israel is building, getting ready to build a temple, the Antichrist has to be alive. He's got to be alive. He has to be alive. If Jews are getting ready to build a temple, the Antichrist is alive on the earth today. And I'm going to give you where he came from and who is he and what nation he's coming from. Listen. The son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, 
or that is worshipped so that he at God sitting in the temple. What temple? The temple that the Jews are getting ready to build. Now, if he's getting ready to build it, it ain't going to be three years after they build the temple. He's going to sit in. minute they get, because the Antichrist is going to give the, them the okay to rebuild it and restore Judaism. And the Jews are going to say, yes, this is what we expected, and we believe that you are Jesus. The first part of the tribulation period is going to be, woo, deceptive. But the last part is going to be hell on earth. Listen what it says. It says in the temple of God. No, let's go back. Who opposes him, opposes and exalts himself above God. That's called God. That's one God. So that he has God, that's another one. Sitting in the temple of God, show himself that he is God. That's for God. That's four times he says he exalted himself above God in the temple. Remember, ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholding that he might be revealed the last time. What's we holding the Antichrist from coming? The church. The Holy Spirit is going to draw back. Going to draw back. So that this Antichrist can reveal to the world. I know who he is. I know where he came from. I've been on this road for a long time. I've followed him ever since... 65. I'm looking for this critter. I got it. I nailed him, and I'm going to prove it not to what I think, but what I know and what I've seen Daniel say. Daniel said after he had saw the ten, ten horns, he looked around and said, wait a minute, I see another little horn. And this horn was little, but this horn had a mouth and had eyes like a man and he spoke great things against the most high and he was the eleventh horn and when the eleventh horn come when the eleventh horn come that was the eleventh country that came in what was the eleventh country the eleventh country that came into the European common market in 1986, 1986, was Spain. And Spain had a king that was called Juan Carlos. And Juan Carlos took possession of Spain in 1975 because Generalissimo Franco gave him the power after he died. And Franco died in 1975, and when he died in 1975, Juan Carlos took over Spain. And Juan Carlos was married. Juan Carlos had, listen, had a son. Had two daughters and a son. And his son is named King Philippe. In 1975, King Wal, Wal, 
King Juan Carlos became the king of Spain up until 2014. God Almighty knows I'm telling the truth. 2014, Juan Carlos was old, feeble, crippled, had a lot of disruption in his kingship. He knew he couldn't go no further. He's in his 80s. And so what he did, he said, I got a son called King Philippi. I'm going to give him the throne of the king of Spain. And that king of Spain was the 11th horn. And the Bible said, this 11th horn had eyes and a mouth that go for great things against the most high. And this king is coming up now. King Felipe, 55 years old, will be 56 years old, 2024. Six foot six. Got six letters in all three of his names. A five-star general and knows ten different languages. Lord, have mercy. Listen to what he belongs to. He belongs to the black cult. He belongs to the Luciferians. This is what he belongs to. He don't belong to no church. He's not a born-again believer. He belongs to Illuminati. He's a Catholic. He believes in the New World Order. Standing six foot six, he's got six letters in his name. Felipe. Born January the 30, 1968. He is the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Jerusalem. Has already initiated. Juan Carlos has been the king of Jerusalem, and that same that same uh, recommendation was given to his son, the king of Jerusalem. He's going to sign a peace treaty. He has something to do with the election of not uh, not view. He's concerned about the temple and knows something about the temple. So where we at? We're there. We are there. I know there's some more. There's nothing else to touch, really. And the temple building can really not start until after the rapture. The Euphrates River, 16th chapter of Revelation, is drying up. They say by 2030 it will be completely dry, getting ready for the kings of the east. Russia, 38 39th chapter of what? Ezekiel says, Meshach and Tubal will come down from the northern parts and bring five confederate nations with them and try to overthrow Jerusalem and take their spoils. The rings of fire, 83rd chapter of what? The third chapter of Psalm gives you a ring of fire where Jerusalem going to have to defend himself, but God is going to be the hammer that drops it. So there's really nothing else big as that to be fulfilled, and that cannot happen until the rapture. 
God bless you out there. I hope you can understand me in the word of God. This is in my heart. This is in my mind. This is in my soul. This is in my spirit. I don't know nothing else to try to get you prepared to meet your God. You're not going to hear this in church. Because out of all seven churches, only two did not get their candlestick removed. The other one, the other one's comp- compromising. The other one married the church. The other ones were 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 uh, money grabbers and preaching preaching everything but the cross and the return of Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear the return of Jesus Christ. Very few people want to hear the return of, or they just want to keep on living and keep on trying to make it and struggling. But let me tell you something. He can come now for me. He can come right now. I'm ready to go. And I'm not going off of my goodness. Oh my, I ain't going out for nothing but the grace of God because he loved me so much. And he gave his son that I could live with him and admire him and adore him and love him. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. And you need the same thing. You need Jesus Christ in your life. So what Bible prophecy need to be fulfilled anymore? The Feast of the Trumpets. And it's coming up this September, 15th to the 17th. If he don't come, we've got to wait till another year to come around. The Feast of Trumpets has to come around again September of 2024 if he don't come. If he comes, that means, whoo, hallelujah, praise God. But prior to what's going on now, like I said, I ain't no prediction. I ain't going to tell you what hour, what day, but the season tell me you better get ready. If you don't get ready, you will miss the glorious rapture of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When the Lord himself would descend from heaven and take my little old body and change it into immortality. And I'm going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I'm going to be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, forever. Not because of what I've done what my mama done or my daddy done or my sister done, but because what Christ done, all of it. He gave the last drop of his blood and shed it for me. And I'm going to take all I can get. God bless you. I love you all out there. I hope you continue to listen. I'm sorry I had a little problem here. I'm down here in uh, Virginia, Big Stone Gap. But uh, I'll be back on Saturday and Sunday. So stay tuned. I'm still going to preach it. I hope you got something from it. I do. I'm going to continue to pray for you. I'm going to go off a little early tonight. My body's a little tired. So I'm going to go off. I want y'all to know I'm praying for you out there. Love you out there. Keep on looking up. It ain't going to be long. Jesus Christ is going to take us home. Father, we thank you this hour. Thank you for this day. We thank you for the ones that listening. 
Lord, forgive me. I made a mistake tonight, and I, I, I don't know if you could uh, fully understand me, but I'm going to try to recover that uh, uh, Sunday and let you know what I was talking about. Forgive me. Continue to pray for me. Love you all. God bless. See you, if not here, in glory. Tell somebody, Jesus saves, and he's coming back. God bless.